This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real-world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, I've got a very full show of very, very brilliant people. Um, And I I need that because I feel less brilliant every day. Um, We're going to be talking about, uh, let's see, some motorsports in Hour 2. George Kennedy in Hour 2 is going to talk about the Cadillac Escalade. At the bottom of the hour, Brian Moody from Auto Trader is going to talk about, uh, I don't know, he didn't send me a list. Let's see, Motorsports, Stephen Cole Smith from Car and Driver and Haggerty. But we start with Lauren Fix, Car Coach Reports. Hi, Lauren, how you doing? I'm good. Wow, you have a good lineup of friends of both of us. I know, Really right? cool people. Yes. Awesome. So um, cool. everybody has um, nothing good to say about the price of gas and diesel these days. Uh, okay. It seems like it, no matter where you go, somebody is complaining, as we should be, about the price of uh, fuel there. I don't know. What, what, is, what is gas and diesel where you live in what, uh, in, in New York? Where you, you're in New Jersey? No, where are I'm you? in Buffalo. 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 That's what it is, yes. I'm, in bu- I'm in the suburbs. So yesterday we took our little 66 Shelby out to a cruise night and we went by a bunch of gas stations and I'm always kind of now monitoring gas like everybody else. Like, oh, I wonder what the prices are because we had to fill up and we run no ethanol in the Shelby. And I noticed, because I have a diesel SUV, I noticed that it was 585 a gallon. I found one place that was 580. Today I had to go out that way to a town that, that this location was. It went by the same exact gas stations. 609 on every single one of them. Yep. So somebody's making quite a boatload of cash. And yeah, that bothers me at well, 25 cents a gallon overnight. Right. Well, and I've seen 50 cents a gallon overnight wow. increase. Yeah. It's about the same here in the Pacific Northwest. Who's to blame for the price of gas these days, you think? Well, if you listen to the president, he's going to say, it's the oil companies. They're not making oil. Then they're buying back their stock. That is a line of poppycock. That's my PC version for you. (laughs) (laughs) The truth is, here's the truth. Oil manufacturers are in business to make money. We know that. They know they want to make as much oil as they can so they can make as much profit as they can because the people that are on the board of directors are put in that place by the stockholders. And the stockholders are you and I, whoever owns a lot of stock. We probably don't own that much, but there are people that own a lot of stock. And so they put people in place that are business-minded. So if you know you're going to take a loss on something, you don't do it. That's pretty standard if you're owning a coffee shop or you're making large quantities of oil. So the federal government, on day one, Biden came in. The first thing he did was stop the pipelines, increase permits, charge additional fees and fines, told the banks that if you're going to give money to these oil companies to do any more leasing or location of fuel or drilling or refining, you can't. So now the banks don't want to give the refineries money. We're talking millions and millions of dollars it takes in order to say, let's take a look at this land. Let's decide if there's oil. That's your permit. Right. Then drilling, that's your lease. And then the actual drilling process of hiring people and everything, which is substantially more expensive from healthcare to humans, right? 
right. and equipment and whatever. And this is the problem. We are drilling actually more than we possibly can. And there's a lot of these plants that are going to biodiesel and biofuels because it's better for the environment. It costs more to manufacture, which means that's another reason things are going up. But it is not the oil company's fault. Everything would be low price gas if they had left things alone. So you can blame the government and remember that every time you go to vote, there are consequences. And yep. this is the consequences of the people that we all elected. Oh, well, then the, also the people that we elected just raised the interest rate earlier this week to uh, three quarters of a percent. At least they raised it three quarters. It used to be they would raise it a quarter percent. No, three quarters of a percent. It's like, well, oh, inflation's out of control. Don't let anyone oh. kid you. Inflation's at eight percent. They took cars of all things and food out of the figuring out the number. And what genius came up with that? Because yeah. we're all affected by food, right. and we're all affected by cars. So I would guess the real actual number is closer to fifteen percent. Oh, that's exactly what at, I said. Yeah, yeah. If you look at countries like Turkey and you see how bad they are, they're thirty to fifty percent in some countries like Ooh. that. They're all hurting. Their people are hurting. Yeah. All right, uh, we are going to definitely have to uh, make some changes when the next time comes around to vote. So, people, please get out there and vote when the time comes. You can't have an apathetic attitude. You've got to vote, otherwise, you get what they, you know, what they they give you. Well, we'll take a little break and try not to get too political, but it's hard these days. Uh, Lauren Fix is joining us. Car Coach, CarCoachReports.com. Uh, it is the drive. Be right back. Getting a new ride is fun. Shopping online for a new car? Not so much. Stop doing the same car search over and over again on multiple sites and try Autotempest.com. See all the cars with one easy search. Our powerful search engine scours all the top car shopping sites, giving you instant results so you can easily browse all the listings with one search. Whether a dream ride, a family hauler, or a work truck, let us help you find your next ride. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Well, lots going on on the show today, so we're going to keep rolling. Lauren Fix joining us, Car Coach Reports, and uh, at Lauren Fix for her Twitter and Instagram. And uh, good Lord, I'm just thinking about these poor car dealers. Um, most of the car dealers that I'm seeing don't have much stock, like maybe 10% of what I've seen, you know, for the entire 60 years of my life. They always had cars. All of a sudden, Lauren. Right. They don't have inventory. They got used cars on their front line. Used cars. These are new car dealerships. So uh, I know. It is crazy. Yeah. It is absolutely crazy. So, you know, it's interesting. I was over at, I have a Nissan Z car this week to test drive. I'll be posting my reviews soon. Cool. And I was going to post it, but I went over to the dealer to ask him. I said, hey, when are you getting your first Z car? And he goes, oh. He goes, we've been promised that thing for a year. He goes, we will be lucky wow. if we get the Z car by October but he goes, honestly, I'm telling people next year. I said, really? He goes, yeah, it's about a year and a half delayed because it just, there's a chip shortage, there's a wiring harness, rubber, there's a supply chain in general. And I said, so what are you guys selling? So I went in the showroom with him. He had an old GTR that was about three years old and one that was the last round of the GTRs. And I said, that's all you got? He goes, and they're an Infinity Nissan dealer. He goes, yeah, we got nothing. And they're part of a large dealer group. He said, the whole dealer group is hurting Every car that comes in is pre-sold. 
So if you want a new car, like you really need one, order it and just sit on your hands because it's going to be six to eight months. I waited eight months for my truck. I ordered a Bronco Raptor. It was supposed to come at the end of May. Just about a week before, I got a notification end of June. I go, oh, I'll wait a month. Just got a notification two days before saying August 1st. So now I'm on the horn with all of our friends at Ford saying, are you kidding me? I know. You know. It's ridiculous. I well, mean, I, I have and they, the same they thing. want us to talk about their product. I can't talk about it if I don't have it. I know? know. I have the same thing with Jeep. I uh, ordered a Jeep, a diesel Gladiator Rubicon, right. and I thought, you know, 30 miles to the gallon, I can deal, I can live with that. Yeah. Here I am. It's been delivered, and now they can't find it, but it was supposed to be delivered in March. They can't find it? How do you not? How do you lose a car? Uh, they sell no. it to somebody? No, they're they just. It's like I got a call. I'm like, it's finally delivered, and and now now everybody's like, we don't know where it is. It's like, oh crap! You know, I can tell you right Seriously? now. Seriously, somebody's taking a ticket for a spin. You know, it's probably been sold to somebody, and they're going to say, oh, sorry. Well, we'll get you another one. Uh, but I, you know, who knows? I, I, they'll find it. I feel like they'll find it. But anyway, yeah, it's just it's so. it's tough going right now. I feel I feel for the dealers, not just. The new car side of things, but even the repair department getting parts yeah. is a nightmare. You know? I had a friend contact me with a Ram. He said, I got an exhaust gasket leak. He said, I tried to get some exhaust manifold gaskets. He goes, they didn't have any. I go, for a Ram 1500? I go, that's like Ford. They make them all day long. It's bizarre. Said, you can't get anything. And, you know, it, it's interesting because that's where the dealerships make their money is on the service, not necessarily on the sales. Right. But they're hurting badly. I mean, I see there's an Acura dealer around the corner for me that has nothing but high-end cars. It's funny. He's got like a Lamborghini Urus and a, you know, a SBJ Lamborghini. And I'm laughing. I'm like, where's your Acura? He goes, I don't have any Acura. He goes, we got some great Porsches. And <laughs> I know. I know. All these awesome high-end performance cars. I'm like, we don't even have, like, service departments for those around here because, you know, it's Buffalo. It's not like it's, you know, right. other big cities like Philly where you can get whatever you want. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting to watch. They're all trying everything, and they are hurting, and they are kind of screwing themselves. Any dealer that's charging over sticker, the manufacturers are pushing back. Did you see that on the oh, Lightning? Some kind yes. of Ford Lightning that came out. Double the price. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, they doubled the price. So there's a sixty-nine thousand dollar truck. Of course, you do paint protection and wheelhouses and mud flaps. Oh, and. A market adjustment price of $69,000, the same price. So they doubled the price of the vehicle. Now, Ford has said, if you do that, you lose allocation, which means when they get more vehicles, you'll just get one or two less. Right. Well, now Ford's really pushing back and threatening that this is a new vehicle for us, and uh, we're going to make people buy it directly from us, and then they can buy it through your dealer, and you make 100 bucks. That would really hurt the dealers. So yeah. this is the payback that all the manufacturers are starting to think about. There's going to be a big pushback from the dealer groups, and they have a lot of money. Yeah. Because you buy a franchise. You make money, hire people, local people, right? You jobs and support baseball teams and all right. that stuff. Right. But if you don't have the money, it's going to impact local communities if that money goes directly to the manufacturer and cuts oh, the dealer out. So I expect lawsuits. This are coming. Yeah, I know. I I, things have got to change. Um, yeah. We're I, living in a crazy world, my friend. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, speechless. That's why I, I'm going to take a break. <laughs> we'll take a break. <laughs> Yikes. It is the drive. Be right back.
Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by Dodge Domestic, not domesticated. Um, Lauren Fix is joining us. One of the most prolific uh, YouTube and content creators and people on the, the news talking about cars, the car business. Um, she is with uh, Car Coach Reports. You can find her at carcoachreports.com on the web. Uh, at Lauren Fix, F-I-X, Lauren Fix on her uh, social media. And all she's got, laurenfix.com as well. But uh, Lauren, um, I'm driving the new Kia Telluride. And the one I've got is kind of this really cool, like, slate gray. And wow. uh, my wife wanted one of these so bad. And I at the time, I did a one-year thing with uh, Kia. They sponsored the show. And I thought, oh, good, maybe I'll get a little help buying one of these and they said yeah we can get you kind of like a vip kind of a thing you know they have all these stuff for celebrities and for media partners and you know all that kind of stuff and so they they sent me yeah. a letter they sent me a letter that says alan is kind of part of the family can you please you know all it is is a courtesy thing right so there's really not right. there's not much to it it was a letter he says well we cannot yeah. force them to give you a good deal or to sell you one yeah Nobody, mm -hmm. nobody wanted to touch that with a 10-foot pole. None of the dealers. But worse than that. I had that, the same problem with yeah, a Porsche. Yeah. I tried to buy a Porsche. No deal. Yeah. They're and, like, no. no but I'm what's like, worse, really? I couldn't even find one. They were like, yeah, we've got some coming in. They're all pre-sold. You can order one. And I'm like, well, we kind of want a car. We're ready. And we just want to find one and maybe do a dealer trade if we find one. We just couldn't find him. And then there was a website for a while where it was like, where did you buy your Kia Telluride? I don't know. This was like two years ago. And uh, 2001, so really it was a year and a half ago. People were flying, you know, 2,000 miles to buy a Kia Telluride. They're still one of the hottest things on the market, and you still cannot buy one for window sticker if, unless you're really, really lucky. But uh, they, they mark them up five and 10,000 bucks. And I think they've refreshed this thing really nicely. But I don't know. You've driven it, too. I'm what, you, and you have a video, by the way. We should send people to watch your video. She has really great videos, you guys. CarCoachReports.com. Yeah. yeah. So what, what was your I thoughts? reviewed it in Florida. I loved it. Yeah. As a matter of fact, as someone who's like, I'm like you. I'm a diesel SUV person. So we picked it up at the airport. We had it for a week, and we drove it across from Amelia Island to Naples for an event. And we got there, and I said, you know what? I said, I could own this truck. This was nice. It had three rows if you needed. You could fold down the third row, tons of storage, good power, like throughout the full band, great brakes, love their interface. I mean, everything they've done, I'm like, you know what, you know what the dealers call it? They call it the sell you ride. The moment <laughs> they hit the ground, they're sold. The yeah. dealers love these cars. And when they had them on inventory, they never stayed. So you almost have to order 
I tell you right. If you want Palisades, just as intense. I mean, they're pretty much kissing cousins, but right, but both vehicles are excellent. Now, I am a huge fan of the Big Sister, who is the luxury line of the Genesis line. I I drove the GV60. That's also on my Car Coach Reports channel. They had some of the coolest technology I've ever seen. Facial recognition to open the door. I posted it on TikTok also because that was kind of cool. And then, of course, fingerprint start. Just keep the key. Or the vehicle can actually match your fingerprint so that when you start the car, it knows right away. So that's kind of cool. And then, of course, when you start the car, because it's an electric car, the gear shift knob changes from this cool, like, globe almost, flips over and becomes this cool shifter and when you shut the car off it flips back so there's some really cool technology you can charge your laptop off of the charger while it's charging your car so they really thought about a lot of things and it's small and it, i i really liked it it's a direct competitor to the um hyundai ionic and the kia ev6 right so you just blew through like four vehicles so we started with the hyundai telluride and then Sorry. we talked <laughs> about that's all right no no then you you shifted to the kissing cousins you called it the hyundai palisade, uh, palisade. And then, just like Toyota has Lexus, which is the upline, the premium side of Toyota is Lexus. The premium side of Hyundai is Genesis. Like to Toyota, it's Lexus. Hyundai, it's Correct. it's confusing as hell if you want to know the truth. Oh, my God. Everybody keeps adding brand lines on. I know. now has Polestar. It's right. like, what? Right. <laughs> I know. What is that? Yeah. Anyway, so then you took a step back and started talking about more of an entry-level which was the Ionic, right? The electric car, right? Right. That's sort of a kissing cousin to the GV60 and the EV6. So if you're thinking electric, I'm going to tell you before you pull the trigger and sign the bottom line and be all stoked because Biden said you should, all I'm (laughs) going to tell you to do is call your insurance company and find out what the rates are. Then, before you say yes, find out what a charger costs, Then find out what from a certified electrician, which is required to install it into your home or a pole outside of your house, what the costs are. You may change your mind because it's two grand for the install, two grand for the charger, and then double the insurance plus a car payment. So So, how are we ahead? I know. So I'll say this. This, too, with these high prices of gas shall pass. It's going to take in a different administration, but I think that, it, yeah. you know, for a, a, don't live your life looking at kind of the short term. You have to look at the long term. This is not sustainable. High interest rates and all this stuff. It's not sustainable. Life as we know it has got to change. And uh, I'm just worried and scared that uh, what's going to happen to the, you know, the average working Joe like myself in the meantime. It's going to take a couple years, as we know, but... Man, I know. we're I'm on Mr. Mr. Toad, Mr. Joe's wild ride right now. LaurenFix.com. You know what, Alan? You yes. should run for president. You'd get oh. my vote. <laughs> <laughs> CarCoachReports.com. At LaurenFix on social media. Lauren, thank you so much. Thanks. Anytime, Alan. You're always fun. Uh, Brian Moody from Auto Trader coming up next. Stay with us. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up with the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. 
Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Well, joining us now is my friend Brian Moody, executive editor of autotrader.com. And Lauren Fix says, hi, Brian. And, uh, <laughs> you know. She's cool. I like her. Yes. Uh, by the way, one of the last things she said was, you know, the... You know, some of the things you have to be con- considerate of when you're going to go out and buy a new car, an electric car in particular, which is, you know, if your garage, you've got an older home and your garage isn't wired for the charging station. And, you know, most of these cars don't come with a charging station anyway. If you want one of those fancy Tesla charging stations, they're pretty darn expensive. But it could be a huge expense to be able to charge your car in your garage if you have an, a little older home. And it could be true even if you have just a tracked house that wasn't, you know, thoughtfully uh, done. Because I, I personally think when they're putting in the wiring for your washer and dryer, your dryer in this case, they could also say, you know what, run an extra wire and put it over here so people can plug their cars in. But, uh, you know, forethought is not always at the forefront. So can we talk a little bit about the myths and fears of buying electric cars since uh, yeah, warranty? Yeah, I think your point is well made because so my second house that my wife and I bought was in Los Angeles and it was built in 1950. Ooh. And it was a great little house. But I'll tell you something. We barely had enough plugs in the living room to plug in like lamps. And then on top of that, if you wanted to like plug in the vacuum or a space heater, like there was maybe four outlets for the whole room because in 1950, that was enough. Right. And so your point is well taken. Now, if, if, if a house is being built in 2020 or newer, yeah, maybe they should have thought of that. But here's a question I have and tell me if you know the answer because you're smart about stuff like this. If the, if the 220 outlet in my, that runs my dryer is there, did the whole system anticipate the draw that an electric car would put on it? And am I making a mistake by just extending that outlet to the garage? I don't know. Wow, that's a good question because I am literally having to deal with this right now. When I built my new shop, I put in a 220 50-amp plug for a welder, and it's actually marked in my box. It says welder. Now, this is uh, eight years ago when I built the new shop. So I have uh-huh. never plugged a welder into that. <laughs> <laughs> of course you haven't. So the other day <laughs> you we can go pay someone to do that. So exactly, and and it's much easier, and and I don't have to worry about catching myself on fire. But uh, the other day I was thinking, well, where can I get some more power for my garage? And I thought, well, I don't. I'm not going to weld in my man cave. I, I may weld in the in the other big shop. I have acreage. So I thought, I'm, I'm not going to use that. I'm going to convert that into a 50-amp service. Now, I don't know what it takes, but mm. this is the problem. We're familiar so with what it takes. There's a lot of questions. There's a, the point. Yes, a lot. Of, we don't, we're not familiar with this stuff because it's all new to the majority of the world. You right. know? So call so your electrician. Here, here's yeah. the thing. Yeah. This is what I think is relevant when it comes to electric cars. I think there's a lot of things out there where people assume certain things and they may or may not be true. So for example, I don't think the average person knows two things with regard to plugging in. First, you don't have to buy a charger to get installed in your garage to charge your electric car up. You don't have to. You can plug it into the wall to the 110 and plug it into your car. That's the first thing. The second thing they don't know is that if you do that, it may take 12 or 18 hours to charge your car up. So 
those are things that people, they assume you have to buy a charger. You don't. But then they don't know that if you don't buy a charger, it's going to take a super long time, especially those high-capacity 300-mile type batteries. Right. Well, that, and that's the problem, though, because then people have, you know, range anxiety and, and fear of not being ready mm-hmm. for an emergency. And, you know, you go on a little bit of a drive and you come home and you're basically kind of stuck until tomorrow morning, you know, because mm-hmm. like you said, 18 hours. If I'm going to own an electric car, by golly, I'm going to have one of those uh, generators. It's got to charge up. Yeah, yeah. you're going to have like, you know, I want to hear the electricity buzzing in there. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you're right. The average person doesn't know about that stuff. <laughs> that was a Jacob's another, Ladder, so a, by the way. Here's a positive. Yes. that was. I like that sound. I, I had a picture of you pedaling that little bicycle on Gilligan's right. Island. You're That's right. the picture in my mind that I was picturing <laughs> with the go. noise that you made. Okay, so here's something that people assume about electric cars that I think is incorrect. Okay. I think people assume that electric cars are ugly, that they look stupid, except for Teslas, that they look dorky, that they're no good. That's not true. There's a lot of good-looking electric cars. The Genesis GV60 is one. The Lucid Air is one. The Mercedes-Benz EQS is one. I think that if you, Kia's EV6, I think that if you haven't looked at electric cars for a while and you didn't like the way they looked, say, five years ago, give them a second look. These problems that we're talking about charging up, that's still going to be there. Right. But I think the idea of them being ugly or low performance, that's not the case anymore. They are high-performance cars that are good-looking that people would be happy to own, I you, believe. You know, I, and I agree with that. I have my mom's 1993 S-Class Mercedes-Benz. My mom passed away last year. And so she had this wonderful diesel Mercedes S-Class. And I didn't know what to do with it. And so I said, well, I, I don't know. We'll figure it out. And you know, so now a year's gone by, and my sister goes, what are we going to do with mom's car? And I go, I don't know. She goes, I want to buy it. She goes, I want to buy it. I really want to buy that car. It's low mileage because she didn't drive it all that much, and it's mm-hmm. a wonderful machine. So my sister drives up in her diesel F350 crew cab four-wheel drive that, you know, has enough strength, enough uh, torque and horsepower to, I don't know, pull a small battleship, let's just say. And, you know, very quiet. You know, the diesels of the new today, diesels are very quiet. You start that diesel up and it's like, is it running? It's like, wow, how can they make a diesel be so quiet? So she gets in my mom's car, which is a Mercedes-Benz. Well, notoriously, older Mercedes-Benz were just loud, rattly old diesels. And that's what happened. So she drives the car and she goes. I'm sensing an opportunity for you to do another sound effect. <laughs> you know. Clackety, 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 yeah. clackety. So she takes it for a drive. She goes, something's wrong with it, I'm telling you. So I take it for a drive and I go, no, that's just the way cars used to be back in the days. 30, almost 30 years old. You know, we're in 2022. This is, we're talking 1993. It's 29 years old. So it's gutless. It's loud. It smokes. And I thought, oh, my gosh, we have been spoiled to death by technology and how amazing the engineering of cars are. And it's only going to continue to your point about these electric cars. I used to think that the electric cars were ugly because they didn't have a grill because you don't need one because there's no radiator. Right. 
So it, there's just a little bit of change coming that for a little while, it'd be like if all of a sudden people didn't have a nose, you'd go, wow, this is a weird planet. Nobody has a nose, you know, right? Or it'd be like that Twilight Zone episode where, like, everybody's ugly except for these two aliens that are super good looking. Right. And they keep trying to you, – you remember, you remember that one where they tried to make them ugly? and like, oh, the surgery just didn't take. You look like a model. Too bad. Vaguely remember that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we just have some uh, getting used I'm to myself. electric cars yes you are uh when we come back uh brian is also bringing to the table uh 10 best used convertibles let's have some good news uh under twenty thousand dollars 10 best used yep. convertibles a study put together by auto trader autotrader.com uh stay with us and we'll find out what those are be right back discover the 2022 subaru forester wilderness the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. Plus, a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness. Who can it be now? It can be Brian Moody. Brian Hi. Moody from uh, autotrader.com. So you can go to autotrader.com and probably do a little noodling around and find the 10 best used convertibles for under Please do. 20 grand. Yes. Uh, so, so where do we start? You've got five minutes to talk about 10 cars. What do you got? All right. I'll go in alphabetical order. Okay. Convertibles are fun. These are under 20 grand. We'll start with the Audi TT from 2013. You can get one of those for under 20 grand. It's a two-seater. Yep. Or the 2014 BMW 4 Series convertible under 40 grand. That is the two-door variant of the three series, so it's kind of like a coupe convertible. 2015 Camaro. I don't know if you're going to get an SS for no. under 20 grand. You might, but it's a Camaro convertible either way. Yeah. Same with the Mustang, 2014 Ford Mustang. Even if you got the EcoBoost or the smaller engine, they did away with that V6 a long time ago. It's still a fun car. Under twenty grand, you can get a 2016 MX-5 Miata. That's a really great sports car. Yep. Or you can get a 2012 Mercedes-Benz SLK class. That's a decent car. Maybe a little, maybe high miles on that one because it's a Benz. 2016 Mini Cooper convertible you can get for under twenty grand. 2013 Nissan 370Z. I would look at those. Those are actually priced to sell because not everyone knows about the 370Z. If you want to go way back, you can get a 2005 Porsche Boxster for under 20 grand, or you can get a 2016. Of course, you could probably get a 15 or a 14. Also, Volkswagen Beetle convertible. Yeah. And I myself, I put my money where my mouth is. And I went out and bought a used convertible for myself for under ten grand, wow. and I bought a Saab 93 Arrow. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious, dude! It's a Turbo Six, <laughs> a Turbo V6. It's a convertible. It wow. goes like stink. It's nice, yeah. And because they stopped making them, I took it to this place down the street. The guy goes, "Oh, there's plenty of parts for these. Don't worry about it." But this place looked like it was like from 30 years ago. They're still sitting around on these old sofas reading magazines 
talking about sobs. Yeah. You know, Sounds it's like funny. the perfect place to fix my car, buddy. And sobs actually, they had a certain buyer, and they're kind of, um, kind of almost collector-y, if I can say that, if that's a word that I can even use. Uh, that particular yeah, watch what happens know. when I get a wagon, too. Then we'll see. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, he, <laughs> I thought you were going to say the people were weird, and I was like, hang on a minute. Yeah. No, they are. My sister had one. We called her scab. <laughs> <laughs> they're reliable actually i was surprised they're not they're, they don't break down a lot i thought that that would be the case but by the time the one i have gm had put some parts in it they made them reliable it is a fun car to drive and any of these cars on this list listen a 2016 beetle that'd be cool yeah, yeah, i'd yeah. be into that yeah, they're good vehicles by the way i have yeah. a 2003 if you want to go back this far the one thing about the sl you can go back to like 2003. I actually have an SL500 AMG 2003, which they didn't make the AMG in 2003. They made an AMG appearance package, oddly enough. Mm. This is where Auto Trader comes in real handy because you can do a little bit of research. Yep. And Kelly Blue Book, you can find some more research there. But Well, here's what I've noticed. Yes. Auto Trader has a lot of stuff. When you get the weird cars, they do have a, I know I work there, but they do have a lot of inventory. Yes. Oh, my gosh. But I, I have this one. It's a 2003 with 54,000 miles, retractable hardtop. It's an SL V8 powered, wonderful machine. And I'm going to be selling it for 20,000 bucks. So we're right at the $20,000 range. But Wow. You're right there. Okay. So I might want to buy it, but here's what I would be afraid <laughs> of. Tell me what you think about this. Yes. That has a V8, right? Correct. Okay, my concern would be I would buy the car for, I mean, you know, you'd sell it to me for 15 But here's what, here's what I'd be afraid of. The water pump would go out, and exactly. that would cost 2500 Exactly. I was going to tell you. I just put rear shocks on it. Rear shocks, everybody, because they're self-leveling. $3,200 by a mechanic Ooh. that's a friend of mine. Oh, No, yes. thanks. And you know what the guy said to me? It made beautiful sense. He said, Alan. You got yourself a Mercedes-Benz SL. It's a, a wonderful car. He says, the car cost 100000 bucks when it was new. He says, so you are still, even though you only paid 15000 whatever it was, you are still driving a car that cost 100000 and the repairs equal the car that cost the 100000 when it was new. So, yeah, I had to pay the $3,200, and it's exactly why I'm selling it. But... If you don't want to spend 100000 and you just want a nice Mercedes every now and then, you could get this SLK in 2012, okay, yeah. right? Or you could buy an older one. But, yeah, yeah you get a, a good deal on a Mercedes that's older like that. There's a reason for it because you're still going to have to pay for the repair bill. Anyway, all right, hang tight. We're going to talk about, uh, yep. well, something that's kind of bugging me a little bit. Earlier this week, they raised the interest rates three-quarters of a point. What's that going to mean to us car guys? We'll be right back. Stay with us. Getting a new ride is fun. Shopping online for a new car? Not so much. Stop doing the same car search over and over again on multiple sites and try Autotempest.com. See all the cars with one easy search. Our powerful search engine scours all the top car shopping sites, giving you instant results so you can easily browse all the listings with one search. Whether a dream ride, a family hauler, or a work truck, let us help you find your next ride. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search.
Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by Subaru Love. It's what makes Subaru, Subaru. And joining us from autotrader.com, Brian Moody, executive editor. And uh, just want to remind people that if they're looking for the 10 best used convertibles under 20 grand, you can find it at autotrader.com. Just go there. Lots of, lots of great information and resources at autotrader. So, Brian, here's one for you. Earlier this week, my wife sends me a note that is like, breaking news. The feds yeah. raised the interest rate three quarters of a point. Three quarters, yeah. And, you know, car payments are going up and, you know, the, the, you can now finance a car for 30 years, I think, like a house. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what, though? You can do it for 84 months, which is oh unbelievable. I wouldn't do that, but I know some people, I've heard you can. Yeah. Well, RVs, you can go, I think, 15 or 20 years or something because they're considered a second home, you know, because you can buy a million dollar RV just like, like nothing these days. But, you know, car payments... I will say I did this one time and it uh, it was uh, it was one of those things I had to do. I was middle aged crazy, and I bought a, a Shelby GT five hundred Mustang, and it was fifty thousand bucks, and I, I put down ten thousand dollars down or something like that, and the payment was like nine hundred bucks a month, and I did that for a little while, yeah. and it it was like I can have a rental house. What am I doing? You know what I mean? So I sold the car. I made yeah. a profit on it because uh, between the time I bought the Shelby and I sold it. Uh, Carol Shelby passed away. So all of a sudden there was a big jump, right? Like commodities. Yeah. And so I sold it and I was like so thankful to get out from under that payment. But car payments are getting bigger all the time too. And now add another three quarters of a point to everything. So what can you say about this? Well, you're right. Okay, so Cox Cox Automotive is the parent company for Auto Trader and Kelly Blue Book and Mannheim Auctions and some other companies too that you may have heard of. And so there is some information that now we're finding that a typical monthly payment for for many is a record high of seven hundred and twelve dollars per month. What? And oh my, that, I know. Can you believe that? That's Jeez. that's and at the same time, credit is becoming less available. So that's that's a fancy way of saying, you know, credit is really a, a product that can be sold, just like chip, potato chips or cars right. or gasoline. And it's less access to car loans basically is a fancy way of saying it's going to be harder to qualify for a car loan. Yeah. And so here we have this intersection of high prices for cars. And we've talked about this many times. I'm sure, you know, Lauren talked about that as well. High prices hard to get credit, it's putting people in kind of a bind. But here's what I would say, and this is something you can find on AutoTrader. If you are going to finance your car, try to do it for as short a period as possible. Put as much money down as you possibly can and know your credit score before you go down there. Mm. Don't show up at the dealership or don't go online and start shopping and emailing with the salesperson before you know all that. They want to give you a car. They want to give you a car that's priced fairly, but they can't do that if they don't know what you're going to qualify for. And honestly, the salesperson shouldn't be the first time that you know, oh, I have bad credit. That shouldn't be where you hear it. Right. It's kind of like American Idol, right? You ever watch American Idol and think, man, that guy's so, so mean. He tells people that they don't, they don't know how to sing. He's so mean. Okay, but you know who's really mean? 
the 20 people before who supposedly love this person that didn't tell them <laughs> in the appropriate context, right? It's like you let them go out into the world thinking they were going to be Mariah Carey. You should have told them. Uh, Same with credit. You can't show up someplace and be like, oh, I don't know what my credit score is. Right. And you can do things to raise it. You know, there's things you can do online. You can include your monthly say your gas bill or your electric bill to help raise it. Those are things to keep in mind as credit is becoming more and more difficult to get, even for people who have moderate credit. Gosh, I'm blown away. New record. 712, right? $712 a month. Is that an average or no, that can't be average, but that's it. That is the typical monthly payment for, um, yeah, for people buying a new car. That is insane. You know why cars are having to spend 50, 60, 70,000 bucks to get what they need. Good Lord. Right, and that's what's happening. So that's actually an increase of 1.7% versus previous months. Man. (laughs) I tell you what, this whole show has not been good news. I don't know what to tell you. When we come back, we'll be talking about motorsports, of which, I don't know about you, but I think my attention span is kind of going away for all the things that I used to love, like motorsports. I I just don't seem to care as much as I used to, so... uh, find somebody that really loves it like Stephen cole smith coming up next brian moody thank you sir Couldn't yep don't tell you what 712 dollars a month like a house payment <laughs> all right we'll take a little break um brian moody gosh man i think you blew me away there all right we'll be right back it's the drive stay with us Tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor on the road ahead. Shopping for cars online is slow. Checking all those different sites one by one, Auto Tempest doesn't like slow. That's why we sponsor NASCAR driver Chris Busher in the number 17 Ford Mustang. It's also why we created a powerful search engine that will scour all the top car shopping sites, letting you search used car listings from across the internet in one search. Why waste time searching each site separately? Use Auto Tempest instead. Find all the cars. AutoTempest.com. All the cars, one search. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, in this uh, hour, in the beginning at least, we're going to talk about what happened, uh, well, last weekend and this weekend in the world of motorsports with my friend Stephen Cole Smith. He writes for Auto Week, Grassroots Motorsports, Haggerty, and my old stomping grounds, Car and Driver. How you doing, Steve? Doing well. How are you doing, Alan? Oh, gosh. You know... I first of all, George Kennedy, who's going to be on after you. He's he's a he's a hardcore twenty four hours of Le Mans twenty four. He loves anything twenty four hours, and he stays up the whole twenty four hours. When I, the last wow. time I went to, uh, gosh, what was it? It was in Florida. It must have been Sebring. The twenty four hours is that a Sebring? Is that a twenty four? Twelve hour? hours. Twenty four hours of Daytona. Daytona. That's what it is. That's the, that's this is how long it's been. I have. I guess lost a certain little bit of interest in motorsports as they continue to tighten up 
too much of it. It's just not, for me, it wasn't raw enough. So I, I thought, ah, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I'm not going to go. So I have not been to any of these races in, in, in several years. I got to tell you, that's why you're in a very important part of this because I still like it, but not enough to go across the country or all the way to Le Mans, France. Right. So, um, and, or be like George and stay up 24 hours to watch. I think that's pure insanity. But the last time I was at Daytona for the 24 hour, thank you for correcting me on that. I fell asleep in the grandstands. And this is what you hear. You know that you've been a million times. Right. I still fell asleep. I think I slept for four hours, four hours in the middle of the night. You know, it's like, how can anybody sleep? And I don't drink. I don't take drugs. I was just that tired. So right. uh, for those that are hardcore motorsports enthusiasts, me, I prefer to be the guy behind the wheel, the loose nut behind the wheel. But watching it for me, and the same goes with with uh, sporting events, too. I'm just not into it anymore. It could be my age. I want to play football. I don't want to watch it. I want to play basketball. I don't want to watch it. So, But it is. It, it's fun to hear the kind of the outcome and some of the highlights and God bless you for doing it. You always bring the good stuff. So, uh, for, for our motorsports segments today, what do you got? Well, let's talk about Le Mans. It's, uh, was a 90th running, been running since 1923. So it's been a while since, uh, this race has been, uh, you know, probably the most important, well, not probably, but it is the most important sports car race in the world because there's so many manufacturers and there's so much money and there's so much prestige that goes along with winning it. It's really no surprise who won. Toyota Gazoo got first and second for the fifth straight time. And I hate to say, I mean, they did a great job. They have great cars, but to say that they buy the race is not entirely incorrect. Uh, the number three and four cars were the Glickenhaus racing cars. They're worth $12 million grand total to Ooh. develop, build, engineer, and race those cars. And I imagine just the engines on the Toyota Gazoo cars are probably $12 million uh, worth of investment to right. get those things running. Right. Then the Alpine, it's spelled Alpine, but it's pronounced Alpine team, came in fifth. Those are the five hypercars, the fastest cars on the track. There was a lot of, of LMP2 cars, which are all identical. There was like 27 of those. Then there's the LMGTE cars, like the Corvette racing cars, and then the LMGTM, where they have a lot of uh, amateur drivers. And those are Porsches, Ferraris, uh, Aston Martins, that sort of thing. Right. Endurance racing, all kinds of sports cars, and even right down to these, you know, what do you want to call them? I mean, purpose-built to win Toyota has plenty of money to do that, but these are purpose built to win race cars. And if you have a cubic dollars, you can, you you can win, like you said. So they kind of bought the win by just pouring money into technology to be able to. That's exactly, exactly it. And it's, it's kind of like, I I call it uh, clubbing baby seals when it comes to (laughs) the hypercar first and second tip of the hat to Glickenhaus. So he's a, 71-year-old New Yorker who has a little car company. He sells a Glickenhaus 007 and a 004 Jeez. and a 
something called the Baja Boot, which is he races at the Baja races. Right. And uh, I think he sold about 300 of them, so it's not really a money-making right. prospect for him now. But uh, the guy, you know, like I said, topped the, you know, the third step on the podium at the 24 Hours of Le Mans. There's nothing, uh, nothing shabby about that. Well, let's uh, continue talking about motorsports for those who are inclined and want to know who won this, that, and the other. Stephen Cole Smith bringing it all to the table right now. I'm Alan Taylor. It is The Drive. never carries a lot of weight never forget never settle never surrender and now dodge is proud to announce never lift the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up with the 475 horsepower durango srt 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo dodge charger and challenger and the introduction of dodge power brokers your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts for more on the never lift mindset go to dodge.com dodge is a registered trademark of fca us llc Well, you are listening to The Drive all across America. The Drive with Alan Taylor.com uh, on the web. Stephen Cole Smith, he is one of the, uh, the big wigs over at Haggerty. He works with Auto Week, Grassroots Motorsports, and Car and Driver as well. And he is a reporter here for The, the Drive, doing our motorsports for us. It's always good to have you, Steve. Good to have you uh, have me. It's good to have you have me. <laughs> That's good. Okay, so um, uh, let's see. We got the sports car racing, 24 hours of Le Mans on the way. What else was there? There was something in Azerbaijan or something. Uh, do we know what happened there? Yeah, that was a Formula One race. You know, uh, one of those places where I couldn't find it on a map if you put a gun to my head. I know. It's the Grand Prix in Baku. And again, sort of like Toyota, Red Bull took one and two, Max Verstappen one, and Sergio Perez was second, the uh, winner in the last race. So we're just not talking about Lewis Hamilton this year. The Mercedes is just not getting it done. For wow. Lewis, is, uh, he's not a backmarker, but he's really not in the conversation to win the races. So this looks like another uh, win for Max Verstappen as far as uh, the championship goes this year he won by one point last year i got a feeling it's going to be a lot more this year mercedes you were talking about um just not bringing it to the table it kind of reminds me of you know we talked a little bit about i think it was last week or the week before about jimmy johnson who drives for i think chevrolet right doesn't he general motors right. anyway and you know you wonder what what's going on there i mean here's a the guy's a champion who's letting him down or is he letting himself down I think he would be the first to say he is. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's got teammates that have helped him set the car up, and it just takes that long. It takes three years to learn to drive an Indy car or to drive a Cup car. And, you know, he put in his three years for the Cup car, and now right. he's putting his three years in for the Indy car. And he's had some better finishes. He's not automatically last anymore. He's, uh, you know, maybe fifth from the bottom, which is an improvement. But, you know, he's just an older guy, and, and his muscle memory is for 3,700-pound Chevrolets. It's not for IndyCars, and it's taking him a long time. And it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's nothing about Honda or Chevrolet. They're very closely matched. Right. It's just Jimmy and uh, him getting used to the car. Yeah. 
So everything has its learning curve for everyone. Right. Um, it isn't driving is not driving. It's it's you know each. It isn't just well get in the car and drive. Every car is different. Every car yeah. is different. Yeah, you would so. think a guy that can drive a, a stock car the way he can could hop in an Indy car and within six months be uh, competitive. But it just doesn't work that way. Mm, that's exactly right. Uh, what else is going on? This is anything this weekend exciting going to be happening? Well, there's uh, the first race in Nashville for the uh, Cup cars this year. They're going there. It should be pretty interesting. This last race was uh, pretty interesting too. It was at Sonoma, a road race, and Daniel Suarez won in the Trackhouse car, the number 99. It was. You know, he's been knocking on the door for six years now. He's never won a race, but he won this time. And it's kind of funny. His teammate, Ross Chastain, is the watermelon guy. He runs a watermelon farm down here in Florida. And when he wins, he stands on top of the car and smashes a watermelon on the floor, on the, on the, on the pavement. Well, they were trying to figure out what to do with Daniel Suarez, and he smashed a huge taco, what do you call it, when you eat the thing and all the candy comes out. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, a pinata. <laughs> pinata, yeah, a huge taco pinata um, oh, when he won. So that was funny. Fun. It's the first Mexican, I think, to to win a NASCAR race. He's the fifth guy not born in the U.S. to win a NASCAR race, which is not very many. Oh boy! And this is this is music to NASCAR's ears. Right. Um, you know, uh, something to appeal to a whole new market. And he had his fans in the stands at Sonoma. There was a lot of his uh, amigos, yeah. as he called them there. And but he fly won the race, Alan. Wow. He didn't, nobody gave it to him. He beat everybody. Well, that's it good. wasn't a it wasn't a gas mileage deal. It wasn't a, a rain delay. He just flat out ran everybody. So well, having a, the hat to Daniel Suarez, having a, a pinata on the racetrack, I'm sure uh, NASCAR loved that. Other than you know having Gallagher there uh, smashing watermelons. <laughs> Remember that? We'll take a break. One more segment with Stephen Cole Smith. You can find his writings at Auto Week, Grassroots Motorsports, Haggerty, and Car and Driver. We'll be right back. Discover the 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability plus a design that's bold and protective at the same time the forester wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure discover more at subaru.com wilderness And I feel good when Stephen Cole Smith is on the show because I have, uh, I, I guess I've, I don't know, Steve, I, something in my head clicked and I'm trying to think when it was because I remember when it comes to motorsports, I remember when I fell in love with motorsports and I was about 15 years old. I was about to get my driver's license. You know, it was like, just, I could, I could almost 
taste my driver's license. And I was down at the fairgrounds and they had a dirt track racing in Ventura, California. And we used I've to hear there. them. Yeah, we used yeah. to hear them. You know, you could hear them uh, echoing off the mountains, you know, and it was like, and you could hear it. It's like, what's going on? Oh, the dirt track is at the fairgrounds. And, you know, and so uh, me and some friends went there one night and we kind of snuck in the back way. You know how everybody does that, of course, when you're 15. And yeah. uh, we're standing there at the fence where nobody's supposed to be. And we figured out why. Uh, <laughs> because of the dirt that well, just covered you completely. Yeah, so the, the cars went by, and there was a little bit of mud kind of right there. And one of the cars kind of went high because, you know, they try and go around the inside. And this one was on the outside, way outside. And there was, a, there was kind of a big mud gooey spot. And everybody had been missing it. And so, yeah, we were getting dirty. Who cares? But all of a sudden, I got hit in the face with some mud that almost knocked me over. You know what I mean? Because a chain link fence right. is all it was. But I remember standing there looking at me and my buddies. We were laughing at each other going, what the hell was that? And we realized this is why they don't put the bleachers right there because that's a bad spot. Anyway, but I remember thinking to myself, that is just fun, man. So uh, when they, well, they they say if your beer doesn't have dirt in it, you're not having fun. <laughs> there you go. Well, when I finally did get my driver's license, I bought an Austin Healy bug eyed Sprite, and they used to have these little Jim Connor things they would set up at the fairgrounds also, and sure. you know where you just they have it all laid out with cones, and man, that was fun. And then I got to about uh, I don't know fifty five years old. And they, they, all the rules and everything just started screwing with everything, and it pissed me off. So even though I still love motorsports and everything about it, I just want to be the guy driving it. But uh, So I, I don't want to say I don't like motorsports. I don't like what's going on in our world today. You know, with all the garbage that's going on, look at the price of gas, look at, you oh, know, every, right? Yeah. And, and motorsports is just one of the things I feel like they've taken some of the joy out of it. Some of the raw, the lure that was there that was pulling me in has been removed. So I enjoy hearing you talk about it and reading your writings and Auto Week and Haggerty and Car and Driver and Grassroots Motorsports. But it's only because you love it so much and you have all the dirt, the true dirt, kind of the behind the scenes and the rest of the story like Paul Harvey used to have on on what's going on there. So speaking right. of that, how about uh, some NHRA? What's going on at the drag store? Yeah, you know, you, you, you're you right. NHRA has changed probably the least of all the motorsports yep. over the years since you and I were growing up. Yep. My first job was to work the back gate of the Lakeland International Raceway in Memphis, the uh, drag strip there. Uh, we've got the Thunder Valley Nationals this weekend in Bristol, Tennessee on Father's Day. And, you know, 11,000 horsepower, top fuel cars and funny cars, pro stock cars that qualify within a tenth of a second from first to last. I mean, it's wow. uh, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's uh, a lot of fun to watch. Well, you know, and I, I think the reason why is because, you know, what does it last, you know, three or four <laughs> seconds, right? How much can they really screw with that? Even though I'm sure they keep trying to mess with it all the time. But, and then you have some of the icons that are, they're just never going to give. You're talking about Jimmy Johnson in uh, um, IRL being, you know, old. What is he, 45? Right. You know, you got 70 yeah, plus like year old John Force, you know, and still winning races. That is the fun part about it. And these guys are accessible. God bless them. These guys and gals both. 
accessible. Well, speaking of gals, this is about the only place where women can run right up against men yeah, and win. Right. You know, Alex DeGioria, Shirley Muldowney back in the day. Right. There's so many women that have run in, in uh, NHRA that it's uh, absolutely an equal opportunity sport. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, you know, and it's one thing I've never done drag racing. I mean, a lot of people, you know, they'll have you you've done it. I, I remember you talking about it on the yeah. show. Um, yeah, I have a uh, uh, super complexes. Right, and you know, I I've just uh, I've been more about um, I guess I'll call it sports car racing. To me, that's that's just so much. I like left and right and back and forth and up and down, and you have everything in sports car racing. So right. that that's my shtick, I guess. And I I guess also because. I can pretend. Can I say that? Pretend, do as I say, not as I do. When I'm out on the road, right. you know. Yeah. Of course, one yeah. thing about drag racing is you can race anything. If you want to go to the local drag strip on a Friday night, right. you know, you can take mom and dad's car. You can take your pickup truck. There's going to be somebody you can race against. You don't have to tow a car out there. You don't have to do a lot of preparation. And yeah, it's not eleven thousand horsepower, but it's still a lot of fun. Yeah, eleven, hundred and eleven horsepower. There you go. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Are you driving anything interesting that you're going to have a story somewhere, like car and driver, anything like that in the near future? Yeah, I'm probably going to start doing some stuff for Haggerty. I've mm-hmm. got a BMW M4 out there, uh, the, the kind of uh, sports coupe. Uh, and I've got a uh, Acura, not an Acura, a uh, Genesis SUV. Both of those came about an hour ago. I haven't driven either one of them oh, yet. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. They're kind of similar. I'm thinking maybe a comparison test is going to be in order. Perfect. Well, Stephen Cole Smith, Haggerty.com, CarandDriver.com, AutoWeek.com. You can find him, Grassroots Motorsports. His writings are in all of them. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate the motorsports update. Always a pleasure, buddy. Yes, sir. We'll be right back with more. George Kennedy III is going to talk about the new Cadillac Escalade. Just came off embargo. Shopping cars online is a hassle, or is it? You probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the Internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. As I was talking about my crazy friend that told me he was going to stay up all 24 hours of the 24 hours of uh, Le Mans, Le Mans, uh, George Kennedy III from Car Gurus, Boston Globe, U.S. News World Report, and uh, Car Tenders. The question is, George... Are you uh, are you going to admit that you didn't stay up? That's the question. I must be getting old, man, because I, I, I did not. <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> no, you know what, though? I caught a good chunk of it. I caught the start, which was awesome, because they do pomp and circumstance to start a race really well. They had a military helicopter hover over the stop-start-finish where like special forces guys rappelled out to deliver the, the flag 
that they waived to start and stop the race. Wow. <laughs> right. But, you know, you're yeah. absolutely right that, uh, you know, it's just like with the Indy 500, you know, with the flyovers and all that and oh, yeah. the singing of the national anthem and all that. It's just, you know, it's it's fun. It, it adds to the whole, the allure of the whole thing. It's like you got to go to it. You got to go to one of these things at least once. And if you go, you, you have a lot of fun and you go again. And, you know, like Ed Justice Jr., who's on the show a lot, he's been going to the Indy 500. He's part of the Old Timers Club. He's been going okay. for like 50 years since he was a kid, you know? So, so yeah, so my goal is to go in two years because next year is the 100th anniversary yeah. of the 24 Hours Salon, and I am not going to try getting involved with, with all that, right? Yeah. So maybe I'll try going the 101st, and hopefully it'll you know, be able to get to it. But it was a great weekend of racing. There was also the Formula One Azerbaijan Grand Prix. So I was catching all, you know, that was happening while the 24 Hours of Le Mans was coming to an end. So it's, it was just great. It's a cool era for the prototype racing. It's sort of this in-between as they're changing the designs. And next year, you're going to get involvement from Cadillac and BMW. Peugeot is getting involved with a crazy downforce car that's not gonna even going to have a rear wing. So really cool stuff. Really cool if you're into like the engineering of sports cars. And I've always said about... Le Mans is that the, the amount of innovations that have made their way to road cars that started in Le Mans racing is just incredible. So like what we've learned about racing at the end of a race, now the 24 hours of Le Mans is, is there, there's, you know, multiple drivers and stuff like that for uh, some of the cars and many of the cars. I don't know how, you know, I can't remember. It's been so long, but with a NASCAR race, you know, like a 500-mile race or whatever, those long races, these guys can lose 15 pounds or something of, of water weight, of just, you know, sheer sweating. Because inside those cars, you're talking, you know, 110 degrees or more. And uh, But George was telling me, he didn't want me to say this, but he gained nine pounds from eating Doritos <laughs> over the yeah, weekend. Well, I had having some croissants and some brie and some, right. some Chardonnay to sort of get into the French mood, right? Right. Yeah, you're going to have constipation, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh but, I mean, look, they, they also have to compete with, especially the Le Mans racers, fatigue, right? You're running through the night. The right. pit crew oh, has yeah. to stay up through the night to be ready, so they try and sleep in shifts. You've got different weather. It, it could be raining on the, the Mulzon straight on the back. You're doing 230-some-odd miles an hour. And on the front straight, it could be dry as a bone. So you're competing with all those crazy things at once. Right, right. Well, it is fun. I've done it, kind of been there and done that. Won the Baja 500 2006. Thought, all right, I'm done with that. I guess in, in my life, I'm just, once I've experienced something enough times, I, I feel like, all right, well, I'm, I'm done with it now. I'm, I, I still like to hear about it, but I can't spend the life essence anymore you know doing what it takes to do and i evidently because you didn't stay up for all 24 hours like you said you would last week so uh -huh. you must be aging out brother <laughs> i don't know man that just means i have to uh i'm gonna have to really stay up for the i'm next year's 100th i have to stay up for the whole thing yeah, right yeah 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 well you get a bunch of your buddies and just party it out you know um yeah exactly all right speaking of cadillac getting into racing and what have you Last week, you talked about the Cadillac Escalade that is all brand new, and you couldn't really tell us anything about it, but evidently the embargo is lifted. What do you got to say about this vehicle? It is the most of everything. Wow. 
I mean, look, they took the supercharged 6.2 liter V8 out of the CT5 Blackwing, I believe, and they stuffed it into the, the, the full-size luxury family hall and tow-in road trip and Escalade, and they made a vehicle that's just absolutely bonkers. And, I mean, we're talking 682 horsepower, Ooh. 653 pound-feet of torque, <laughs> 0 to 60 in four and a half seconds. That's ridiculous. Remember, and you're probably old enough to remember this, when that was fast for a BMW 5 Series, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it was like, wow. And then, of course, they got down into the threes. But for that gigantic behemoth to do that, good Lord. And, you know, it's not just, I mean, the drivetrain is part of it. We knew it was going to get, you know, some hotted up GM drivetrain. And by the way, for this vehicle, they put a bigger supercharger in. That's like almost more supercharger than V8. It's what they did with everything else. It's got magnetic ride control that can adjust the stiffness. It's got the airbag suspension system. So those thing, two things work together to make this like 6,800 pound for the extended model SUV handle like, you know, a vehicle that's several thousand pounds lighter. It's planted around corners, but it still isn't too stiff. And, you know, the steering feedback feels really communicative. And then, oh, the brakes too. The, I was blown away by the brakes. Yeah. It felt like a performance car from the braking standpoint. Well, when you add, you said how many, 682 horsepower or something ridiculous? Yep. When you add that much horsepower, you got to add that much braking power. Our show that's is right. sponsored by the most uh, prestigious one, Brembo. And that's, that's what they have. The front, the front wow. brakes are six piston Brembo front brakes. Wow. Well, and you know, that's listen to win the race. You got to have match components properly. Otherwise you'll have a weak spot and the weakest link in the chain is where you will, you know, lose your, your edge. And so big horsepower, you got to have big braking power. You also mentioned magnetic ride control and it's been a while since I, I talked about this, but it seems to me like, what I learned about magnetic ride control like four or five years ago is that it can read the road surface, and I, I'm, I may be wrong when I say this, in like nanoseconds. In other words, it reacts. It's doing it thousands of times a second because it's yeah. constantly reading and adapting. Yeah, and what, it, what it's doing, it, you're right. So that was a, a great component to it is the fact that it can respond so quickly. Right. But what, what it's doing is that it's basically there's like metal filament inside the shock fluid, and the system can run a current through the shock. And so as fast as that sensor and processor can be is as fast as it can adapt. Right. So with the push of a button, you can go from big, gushy SUV suspension to planted to the road, level through corners, level suspension. Yeah, it's amazing. Magnetic ride control. They have it in the Corvette. And now they have it yeah. in the Cadillac Escalade, which, you know, I mean, uh, th this is the thing. Cars are becoming so complex, cars, SUVs, all vehicles, period, even side-by-sides. You know, I've been watching. I don't know if you've seen the side-by-side, -side, the uh, off-road vehicle, you know, the Can-Ams and the... Oh, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Right? I mean, yep. we're talking thirty grand for one of these things. I mean, I, I remember spending five grand for something to go play in the dirt was a lot. Now my son is like thirty-five son-in-law, thirty-five thousand dollars. I'm like, what? He goes, oh, it's turbocharged. It's got this and that. Anyway, complex man. We'll take a break. George talking about the all-new Cadillac Escalade, and he says it's all that. We'll be right back. Why should you trust Brembo brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. 
Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. Well, that sound you're hearing is George Kennedy III's heart beating while he's driving the new Cadillac Escalade. 680-some-odd horsepower. Magnetic ride control. Now, I'm not talking about the Corvette. I'm talking about the new Cadillac Escalade SUV. Um, I'm curious, George, more about the interior now because... You know, clearly it's a Cadillac, and Cadillac is, uh, they got their game going pretty good right now. But did they make it, you know, to where it's like you open the door and you automatically just take a, you want to put your head in and take a deep breath of the smell of beautiful leather? You know what? It's not your nose that is first triggered, it's the eyes. And the first thing you're going to see is this massive, like, 38-inch curved OLED dash. Mm. Okay? So... It basically is a continuous screen all the way from basically the driver's side door through the center console. And it's almost in two tiers. And so the first tier, the, the main bezel is a touch screen. So you've got center touch screen where you're doing all of your stuff. And, you know, you know how I feel about touch screen versus controls. They do it right. They've got entertainment stuff and chassis stuff up in the touch screen. And you still have your good old fashioned climate and radio controls. There's a smaller touch screen to the left of the instrument panel, and that's like your trip computer, and you can toggle basically night vision through the instrument panel. You can toggle the, the heads-up display that's giving you your speed and other critical information in the windshield, and it also allows you to toggle their augmented reality display, oh, which basically is a camera on the front of the car that presents through the dash, giving you real-time turn-by-turn traffic information, traffic signs, etc. But I didn't hear you talk about the Connelly leather, the way that the BMW, or another, what is it, the, uh, what, what, has, what has the Connelly leather? That's Jaguar, Jaguar. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, this is an incredible Wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. Or, uh, 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 or, or I didn't hear you talking about the Ricardo Montalban talking about the Corinthian leather. I'm just curious. <laughs> you know, the smell of that leather, I can smell it from here. What about the seats and what have you? Yeah, I mean, look, the, they had heated and cooled massaging front seats that were incredibly comfortable. I mean, this, this car is built for long hauls, right? You could see somebody towing, you know, horses, or maybe not that much, but towing a trailer or something or doing a long trip in a vehicle like this, it is comfortable for the long haul. And so, you know, the heated and cooled is great. It's just all part of this fully, you know, fully immersive experience. Ricardo Montalban, in Mexico City, he was born November 25th, 1920, passed away January 14th, 2009. He was six foot tall and talked about Corinthian leather. Rich Corinthian leather, and he played Khan in Star Trek II Wrath of Khan, which is how I know it. That's right. (laughs) Oh, that's too funny. So the question is, though, I heard a rumor that these Uh things are going to be like over 100 Gs to start. Try 152. No, no, no. I'm talking to start, though. I mean... Really? Oh, uh, what, sorry, one four. I think it's one forty nine for the standard wheelbase and one fifty two oh for the ESV extended wheelbase. Yeah. Oh my 
God. So they really, really jacked these things up. That's all there is. I mean, like I said in the opener, this is the most of everything, yeah, right? They, yeah. they threw the kitchen sink at this vehicle. And you got to remember, too, that basically all of these things that might be optional in the standard Escalade, they come standard on this. And that includes Ooh. Cadillac Super Cruise, which is its hands-free driving system, right. which I, I got to play I, around with. I was pretty impressed by it. Basically, it has a self lane change feature where if you're in the middle lane on a highway and you're doing 75 and the car in front of you is doing 60, it'll scan the left lane oh. without you doing anything, move into the left lane, pass that vehicle and then move back. I just assumed it would have super cruise cause they've been bragging about super cruise now for, I have not experienced it yet, but so far everybody that I've talked to that's used it can't really complain about it. But the problem is, is it takes us farther and farther and farther away from driver in control of car and car well, in control of car. You know what I mean? It's funny you say that because I've been very on, in your camp on the matter. And, you know, with Tesla kind of going a little overboard with it on its claims and, and whatnot, GM kind of keeps things pretty grounded. And they say, look, we're scanning your eyes to make sure you're paying attention. And if we tell that you're not focusing on the road, after like five seconds, it's going to flash a red light. And it's going to demand that you take over the wheel again until it thinks that you're paying attention. Mm, well, this is how I feel inside. Help, I need somebody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold tight. We're talking about the new Cadillac Escalade. When's that supposed to be out, George? We're going out later this year. Okay. 150000 bucks. I remember thinking 75000 was like, oh, that's out of my price range. Well, they just went double. But... I think they double down on everything else is what it sounds like. We'll take a little break, come back and talk more with George Kennedy III, the man who just couldn't stay up for the 24 hours of Le Mans, the way he said he was. I knew he was going to slack off on that one. We'll be right back. Never carries a lot of weight. Never forget. Never settle. Never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger, and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. And our show brought to you in part by Subaru uh, and the new Subaru Outback. Go where love takes you. Subaru. Their slogan is so great. It's always something to do with love. Uh, George Kennedy III. George, I know you've been jonesing for a long time to get behind the wheel of the new Bronco. And now they're coming out with the Raptor Bronco, and they're, they're doing some test drives of that i've seen a couple of our friends out breaking the law as this song says um what do you think of the bronco that you're driving i'm starting to see more and more of these on the street you know it's, it's funny we've talked in the past about how much i love jeeps and and the wrangler and you know people might get the wrong idea that i'm just strictly a jeep guy i love all suvs if they can claw through dirt and mud and board through water i am a fan i love the toyota fjs and the Tacoma, I've owned a, a 1986 Forerunner 
in the past and a 99 Jeep, Jeep Cherokee XJ in the past. So I love it all. And this car is just another great addition to that small click of vehicles that can go where most other SUVs can't. Right. I had one four-cylinder manual transmission about, oh gosh, five, four or five months ago. Um, no, it wasn't. Oh, yeah, I guess it was maybe four or five months ago. Yeah. Anyway, I took that thing where I couldn't walk. It was too steep. You know, I mean, I guess I could. I would have had to have, like you said, crawled almost using hands and feet to get up. And I thought, well, let's see what this thing can do. What's the worst that can happen? We roll it over. (laughs) And so I went up and um, I kind of crawled up this uh, what we call a logging road. And I, I got up to the top, and then I thought, all right, well, now i got to turn around and go back down. And turning around on the side of a mountain is, is a real, you know, that's a really scary thing. you got to oh, yeah. find, I've, a, you I've, know, I've a spot. I've a couple trees doing that. Yeah, right. you got to find just the right spot where there's, you know, somewhat of a place where you can do kind of a three-point turn, in my case, because there was a lot of trees and what have you. And, man, I'll tell you what. There are moments right there where the uh, posterior pucker is pretty tight. And you, you can kind of see yourself never being able to drive a test car again. I took a few pictures where I was, but I was really impressed. You know, I put it in low range, manual transmission, and that sucker, it just crawled up. I mean, if, if I wanted to go up a tree, I probably got to crawl up the side of a tree. It really is I, impressive. I, all right, admit it, though. Was it a three-point turn or like a 17-point turn? No, I did. Listen, I did it in three. It was a two-door. <laughs> it was a two-door model. It was a tiny little space. And those things, they will turn sharp. You know, you've, you're driving one, you know. So I have a two-door model right now, and that was one of the things I was going to say, is that its turning radius is absolutely incredible. Yeah. And I love two-door SUVs. I've, I've had a 99 Tahoe two-door, which is one of my favorite all time. I want it back. And I just love the look of a two-door SUV. It just screams, like, freedom and adventure and getting out there. And, like, the, the wheel on the back just almost kind of looks like a backpack. It just looks ready to go. Yeah. Well, right? and also two-door says... Me and my pal or me and my gal, one of the two. You know what I'm saying? Or a dog, right? Yeah, right, right. And because when it's four doors, it's like, all right, me and my family. With nothing wrong with that. I have a wonderful family. But sometimes, you know, uh, in my case, a man just needs to get out and be alone. And, and those vehicles uh, are made for getting away from yeah, it all, right? That's right. That's right. The other day, I, I decided I wanted to go for a little drive. And so uh, I'm driving the Kia Telluride right now, the new Telluride, of which is a very nice vehicle. And uh, I went for about an hour drive to go look at a pickup truck for sale, and I bought it. So I have to go back there today since I went by myself like an idiot. <laughs> I have to go all the way back now and do another drive, but this time, you know, with a trailer. But um, I forget how calming to the soul going out for a drive is. People, we really need to do more of it, even if the gas is five, six bucks, seven bucks a gallon. Driving is, is when you do it for the fun of getting away, giving the intellectual side of your mind something to do while kind of that spirit nature can kind of, you know, open up a little bit and breathe. You know what I mean? Do you agree? Oh, I, I dig it. And like you said, even with gas prices, what they were, and actually just reminded me, talking about the Cadillac earlier, uh, that thing had a 28-gallon tank for the extended wheelbase and yeah. I think 15 and a half miles per gallon. Yeah. So we were averaging. So, yeah, yeah I mean... Cherish it, right? As your uh, as your wallet empties out. Yep. Well, I um, they told me that my Jeep uh, Gladiator Rubicon Diesel has arrived in uh, Salt Lake City, Ooh. and I'm going to fly over to pick it up. And a friend of mine has a big dealership there, Garf, 
And uh, I'm going to drive it home. It'll take about 12, 13 hours. I may take a few little side trips. Anyway, I love driving. George Kennedy. I'm jealous, man. That's great. <laughs> Come on, fly out and drive home with me. I'll fly you back. <laughs> Thanks for being on with us, man. Thanks for uh, the report on the Cadillac. Sounds like a great machine. Pleasure as always. Yep. Uh, that's it for me. It is time to go back out and uh, go for a drive, I think. Yeah, that's a good idea. We'll see you next week. The blues has got a hold of me. I believe I'm getting Discover the 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. Plus, a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness.